How can helping others feel respected be a game changer? Our returning guest, Gina Cox, PhD, shares how this can help all of us build stronger connections. Find out more. Join us for episode 267 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Welcome, everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, everybody. It's great to be with you again. And as always, our purpose here is to spark new insights, inspirations, and immediately useful ideas that can help visionary leaders accelerate themselves, along with their companies, of course, to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Now, if you're a regular listener, you know that Pam and I spend a lot of time focusing on the importance of creating human connection in both our business and our personal lives. Yes. It's likely that you already lead to promote a company culture, emphasizing respect for employees, customers, partners, and so many other stakeholders. In fact, we've seen that when people feel respected, it's been foundational for game-changing collaborations, and huge accomplishments. Absolutely. But people are complex. Oh, that's true. We all perceive the world differently, and this changes over time. That's why we need to keep looking at this issue of respect in new ways. Absolutely. And that's why we're glad to be speaking today with returning guest Gina Cox, PhD, CEO of Feels Human LLC. She's a speaker, organizational psychologist, executive coach, and author. We first spoke with Gina after the publication of her award-winning book, Leading Inclusion, Drive Change Your Employees Can See and Feel. Previously at IBM and Perceptics, Gina advised leaders in the Fortune 500 and other large global companies to build psychologically healthy and engaging organizational cultures that drive business outcomes. Gina shows executives how to stop using 2019 behavior to address 2023 workplace challenges. You can read much more about Gina's background and listen to our first conversation with her by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 267, and scrolling down to her bio. Gina, welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio. Oh, wow. It is an honor. I don't know how many of your guests get asked back, but being asked back means, oh, they like me. They really like me. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> and here's the award. Right? Uh, <laughs> oh, you contribute so much. We, we really want more. Oh, thank and you. And this issue, this issue of respect is yeah. something that you have a special way of speaking about and sharing, and we always learn more when we speak with you. So why don't we start out with defining what you mean by respect? Well, you know, res- there. I think of respect in sort of two different ways. 
especially because I'm an organizational psychologist, I definitely have a point of view in terms of how it shows up in the work specifically. But in a general sense, I think most humans almost instinctively know what respect is. It is that feeling that another person or a group of people, but let's just keep it simple and say we're talking about one-to-one interactions, that another person with whom they're interacting either in a, in a, in a private space, in a, in a, a public space even, sort of sees them there as a human and then responds to that simple thing, just the humanity of that person in a way that doesn't take anything away from their their sense of self, their own sense of their own dignity. And we all can feel it. Now, you talk about 2019 issues are not the same as 2023 issues. So how have you seen this definition of respect or respect itself change over these years? Well, what I've seen change from 2019 to 2023 is really very broad. And you've all, we've all seen it. We've all experienced it, which is that, especially starting with the pandemic, our lives changed completely. We changed we, the way we interacted with one another. We changed maybe the way we were doing our work. And even though we could say that the pandemic is sort of officially over, what's happened is that we. it seems as if during that time, we humans have changed a little bit. Our expectations seem to be higher in terms of what we want for ourselves. And one of the things that we want for ourselves is we want to feel like there's some value to us as individuals just being in this world after having gone through such a difficult time. And a manifestation of that, I think, is that we all want to really feel that sense uh, of respect. How we see that, the evidence of that, I think, that most of us see most clearly probably has to do with things that have to do with, for example, we've heard about quiet quitting in the workplace, or we hear people saying they want more flexibility at work so they can be parents and caregivers. They're they're basically saying, I need a job and I want to do my best. But you know what? Life, this humanity thing is is more, I I never said it before, but it's really, really important. And so respect is a plays up with that because I think What's happening is that people are more sensitive to being disrespected or to the sense that they aren't getting that full appreciation of their humanity. And they're also probably more attuned to the fact that respect is a necessary lubricant in everyday life. So this is perhaps with one definition of respect in the uh, official company values Mm -hmm. that looks timeless, but you're describing something uh, situation, life situations that are changing over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in fact, as Pam mentioned at the beginning, so many leaders, the majority of leaders probably really do aspire to shape a business culture that incorporates respect. We, we respect our employees and so on. But what do you think makes it so challenging to actually achieve this aspiration? Because sometimes the statement isn't matched by how people feel. Right. Well, I'm going to challenge an assumption in your comment. And that assumption is, I believe that most leaders do desire to have respectful workplaces. I totally agree with that. The piece I want to challenge a little bit is that what I happen to know, for example, is that respect is not necessarily one of the the things that is emphasized in day-to-day life in workplaces. So we all think we want respect, but it's sort of one of those things that lets, it floats around in the atmosphere as a given. It's not really highlighted in the way it should be. In fact, that's one of the main points I want to make. 
is that I'd like to see leaders elevate the focus on respect. For example, in the Fortune 500, only approximately 30-something percent of the companies specifically mention respect in their value statements. And so you could say that what I'm asking is for leaders to elevate it to the point where it might show up in their value statements so that they and their leaders and everybody else in the organization can know just how important it is. Going beyond that, taking it out of the value statement Mm -hmm. and actually making a daily part of life in everything that people experience. Absolutely. And making a daily part of life, putting it into leader and employee expectations, and then measuring it. In fact, even with regard to the the work that people call diversity, equity, and inclusion, and I have told you before that while the the acronym DE&I is itself not problematic, I mean, there's nothing wrong with those words as individual words. Inclusion is really nothing more than effective leadership of 100% of your employees. So when I think about it from that perspective, if I were running an enterprise and what I advise my clients to do is measure respect as the outcome measure in all of your efforts, including the E&I efforts. It's a very interesting point you're making when you were talking about assumption so going back to our question before between 2019 2023 Respect kind of looks different. And some of the things that we're called upon to show, people may feel disrespected even when you think you're respecting them. It's a really interesting challenge. Yeah, people are different. And, and what I think is respectful, Pam may not. That's, that's absolutely <laughs> true. And true. And there's even research that makes it very clear that For example, if you were thinking about this, for example, at the level of demographics in the United States, let's just say, there's data that shows very clearly that folks from minoritized groups, number one, their definition of respect is not necessarily the same as the definition of their other colleagues. And they are more focused on this issue and more constantly assessing it in the environment. Exactly. How can helping others feel respected? So not being, okay, I'm respecting you, but focusing on the other feeling respected. Could that be a game changer in business and in life? It could be. It is a game changer in everything, because I I think what we're talking about here is what another psychologist friend of mine likes to call personhood. It's really about validating the individual existence on the planet just by virtue of them existing. If they don't have to add anything, they don't have to bring value, they don't have to be rich, they don't have to be tall, they don't have to be whatever we think is more valuable, just the fact that they exist. When you can telegraph that to another person, that person sort of just lights up. You can almost see the, the confidence, their shoulders go back and guess what? It costs absolutely nothing. I did a little experiment once, well, last fall, it wasn't that long ago, where every Saturday morning I would walk through my park. And, and I, this was something I have always done. I still do it. And one morning I, de- I decided, you know what? I'm going to start saying hello to every person who's coming towards me. This, this actually was a big deal because I already knew that not everyone would respond. In fact, that was the thing that was rankling me. Why, aren't, why, doesn't, why doesn't everybody make eye contact to say good morning, right? I like to say good morning and make eye contact. That's my personality. But people have different experiences that cause them not to do that. So I didn't want to judge people. But what I wanted to figure out was what would happen if I, I just started saying hello, regardless of what happened. And 
this is totally anecdotal because it's just Gina's experiment over like a month or two, about 80% of the people would respond. And I could tell a significant portion of those people who were responding, it was a bit of a surprise to them that I was saying hello and that they were not accustomed to doing it, but they still responded. That meant that when I saw them next time, I felt I could say hello the second time. My point here um, to both of you, Pam and Scott, is just that this thing that we're talking about is a big deal, but if you start, it's like a it's like a habit you've got to practice. It's it's not something you can just do as a one-off, and you have to be purposeful and intentional in trying to do it. This is a perfect time for us to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dig deeper with executive advisor, speaker, and award-winning author, Gina Cox, PhD, about the mindset it takes to bring the aspiration of helping others feel respected to life. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, and we're on the web at businessadvance.com. As always, we at BAI focus on enabling visionary leaders and C-suite executives to accelerate momentum that it takes to achieve game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. It's so exciting to be well into our ninth year of Growth Igniters Radio episodes. We're proud that we've received top podcast recognition in 2022, and just this week, we again were named a top podcast by Thinkers 360 Thought Leaders. This year, we're having more conversations with CEOs and thought leaders like Dr. Gina Cox, who are changing the face of business, and we're featuring more of our own Quick Take episodes as well. If you're enjoying listening to this podcast, spread the good word and become a recommender. Open Growth Igniters Radio on whatever podcast app you use and write a review. And feel free to share links to this episode or any other episode in your social media. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with executive advisor, speaker, and award-winning author, Gina Cox, PhD, about the game-changing potential of helping others feel respected. Gina, tell us how people can find out more about you, your book, your keynote, all else. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for that. You can find me by going to my website, which is my name, Gina Cox, G-E-N-A-C-O-X, and it's a nice short one that hopefully you can remember. You can also find me on LinkedIn. And I have a, a wonderful TED Talk that I'd love to share with you. You can find that on my website, uh, as well as on my LinkedIn profile. Uh, and I'd love to hear from you. And by the way, if you'd like to download a little guide that I have for making connections, go to ginacox.com slash bold, B-O-L-D. And you can find more information and links to this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 267, and scrolling down to resources. So, Gina, in the first segment, you were sharing how important it is to help others feel respected, not just in business, but in every other aspect of life. And we agree with you. How else have you seen it show up? You know... I'm going to share a story that 
really warms my heart to share it. So hopefully it'll make anyone who hears the story understand the power of this thing that I'm talking about. One day, fairly recently, I went to the grocery store and it was an unfamiliar store uh, because I chose it because of its proximity to my bank. And as I went through the aisle, the grocery aisle, I noticed an, a person at the other end of the aisle and that person noticed me, but you know, we were going in opposite directions. We did our thing. I got my cereal. I went around the corner. And as I exited that other aisle, I said, saw the person again and the person came up to me, sort of put their cart in a position that made it clear they wanted to say hello, type was great. And they said, uh, you know, hello, what brings you here? That was it. What brings you here? And so this gentleman then proceeded to tell me quite a bit about his life. And, you know, he had retired from New York and had moved to the area where I was. He'd own a pizza joint. And by the way, I'm 92 years old. I'm darn proud of it. We had a wonderful little conversation and this all happened very quickly. But at the end of it, he, he touched my arm just gently. And he said, and don't forget me. And what I'll never forget this interaction for a variety of reasons. One of them was that, first of all, when he when he approached me, I already I had already had that sense from earlier in the aisle that he was someone who was interested in another human, even though we hadn't spoken then. He had sort of telegraphed that to me. By the time I saw him in the other aisle, I was kind of already primed to interact. You know, I was quite happy to, right? And so there was something he had done that had given me permission that let me know it was okay. It was very subtle, right? And maybe not even purposeful. This is just how he is in the world. And so as he shared this very quick story, one of the things he said to me was, you know, and, you know, I, I, I'm so thankful that you took a few minutes to talk to me. And and the thing about this that I, I, I think is so wonderful is if we can copy some of the things that older people do, we, we probably would be really effective at this because this desire to connect with another human is just was something that was important to him. He wanted to re be remembered just for being another human being, not for anything else than that. And it left me with this, this warm feeling that I'm still feeling, even as I'm telling you the story months later. So when we talk about respect, I think the thing we most have to remember is that it's not complicated. It doesn't require a lot of work, but it does require making that first effort. I call it like the curiosity thing, being willing to dance with another person, so to speak. It's, and it's so powerful. I think what also strikes me about that story, which just gets me, is you made yourself available to him when he, it was clear that he wanted to talk a bit more. And so it's really, like you said, that, that word dance. Yeah, it takes vulnerability, though, because somebody else might have gone, eh, you know, here's somebody I don't know. Bye. Yes, yes. Yeah. You have to make the decision very quickly. However, I am a practiced respector. In other words, it is part of my life to put an effort, to put this effort in because I so sincerely know the benefits that can be derived from doing it. And I am an introvert naturally, right? So I am not that person who goes around and as a social butterfly in, in, you know, in public, generally speaking, but I am, I am purposefully open to it and receptive, especially if I even have a sense that someone else feels like they need something from me. I'm happy to give it costs nothing. It's so important. And if we take that and apply it to the workplace, how could we do it differently? Because you're talking about a different kind of approach to dealing with people. Yeah, well, you know, the funny thing about it is, 
it's not that different in the workplace, except that my definition of it gets really specific. And yet it's the same, it's the same ideas. I tell leaders that the definition of respect that I think matters is that each employee needs to feel like they're seen, heard, and valued. It's really the same thing in the interpersonal realm. I just make it real specific in the workplace because leaders want to know, well, what is the behavior? What can I do? And being seen is that piece that has to do with sort of I show up and I just have that sense from my manager that you know that I exist in the planet. For example, I once went, I, I had a manager once that I never thought saw me. And once we, I went to a holiday party where I walked into this big space and I saw the leader across the room. That leader saw me, we made eye contact, but we didn't really have a connection. He didn't show any interest in me. It was just sort of like in passing. And about 15 minutes later, that same leader came up to me and said, hello, have you seen Pam, for example? And I said, no. And I remember it kind of was like, it proved to me that this person hadn't really seen me because they didn't acknowledge me even then. They were more focused on this other person. So sometimes being seen is, is simple. It's, you have to be thoughtful about making sure you're seeing each of your employees as the individuals that they are. Feeling heard, of course, has to do with making space for another for that person's ideas, not just to put their ideas on the table, but also acknowledging that they're the ones that own these ideas, giving them credit for their ideas and saying, you know, just giving them the opportunity be, to be influential uh, is a good way to talk about being heard. And then being valued is not just in terms of pay, but it is sort of an access to all of the ways that people can have more. I call it access to the goodies. The goodies could be money, but the goodies could also be visibility, training, anything that's valued uh, in that work group or in that organization. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think also from my experiences, when people think that they're valuing somebody when, when they're respecting them, and it turns out that for that other person, it's a stressor. I remember in one company, the well-intended management wanted to show their frontline employees that they respected them, they want to learn, they want to grow, all of these things. So they send them to the other side of the country to go through training. Now, these people are going, we've done something really respectful for these employees, right? You know, they want to learn and grow. Except they did not feel respected because they had to get childcare. They never traveled. They never had anything. So there was a mismatch. Do you see things like that where there's a well-intended gesture that isn't really understanding? Yeah, it's sort of like they're kind of going in wrong directions. Absolutely. And I think Scott earlier said something that's really important here, which is that respect is in the eye of the beholder. And the beholder could be an individual or a group or whatever, you know, in a specifically in work situation. But it goes back to this other simple rule about respect. It is very difficult to be respectful unless you know what another person wants in terms of respect, especially in the workplace, right? And so that's why in my the little brief that I share and mention in, in, in on my website, I say, start with curiosity. Really, the starting point for respect is curiosity. And I don't mean literally in like, you know, who are you, where are you from? But in the sense of showing some interest, enough interest in a person that you would know that that person, for example, when I worked in a company and the manager gave the, the mothers uh, an, an orchid plant, they had them mailed to their home on the day of Mother's Day, and I didn't get one. And I saw that several people had these orchids as their backgrounds. And I go, what's going on with the orchids? And they say, oh, we got these for Mother's Day. And I said, well, I didn't get one. And when I asked my manager, he said, I didn't know you were a mother, which is 
emblematic of not having any sort of curiosity about me, right? And so you've got to understand something, you know, when we're talking in the workplace, curiosity leads to connection. Connection then leads to comfort. Comfort, those things are necessary in order for respect to, to pay all the dividends that it could, you know. So your respectful behavior can then be aligned with this person that you've gotten to know. Okay. Yes. So you're really talking about going from the golden rule, do unto others as you want to be done to you, to the platinum rule, do unto others as they as would they. want. Yeah, you yeah. have, to, you have yeah. to put, but you know what? The funny thing about this is this is a fundamental rule of effective management and leadership. It is not an over and above thing. The fundamental rule of effective leadership is you need to understand the people you're going to lead or manage. Okay, so this is the mindset that it takes to live into that aspiration so that the intention the aspiration of helping others feel respected oh, really comes to fruition. That's right. Is there anything else that people need to bear in mind with that mindset? Yeah, I, I, I do think this piece about being purposeful. In other words, let's think of this as a reset. What can you do on Monday morning that would be, a, what behavior could you exhibit on Monday morning that would fall into this category of curiosity, connection, and comfort? Is there anything you can do? Do you feel there are any gaps in that? You know, filling those gaps will then enable you to then get more value from the things that you might want to do, because now you know the things you might want to do, that's nice. But what is more important is what do those people want to have done to them, the people you lead? I think it makes it easier for you to see that and to understand what you ought to do. Thinking about things you can immediately do leads us to take another quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with Dr. Gina Cox, executive advisor, speaker, and award-winning author about immediately useful ideas for helping others feel respected every day. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Have you ever wondered, if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in a rapidly changing world, why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? As an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to their big ideas, that was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful visionary leaders I call growth igniters, the ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again, what's their secret? They're able to anticipate and embrace the hidden leadership dynamics that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. How do they do this? That's what I share in my keynote, Break Orbit, Achieving Long-Term Growth in a Short-Term World. Go to pamharperspeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership conference or executive retreat. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. 
Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Gina Cox, PhD, executive advisor, speaker, and award-winning author about the game-changing potential of helping others feel respected. Gina, tell us how people can find out more about you, your book, and your advisory services. Yeah, you can go to my website, GinaCox.com, Gina with an E. Uh, You can also find me on LinkedIn. If you would like to have uh, a little guide that I have prepared specifically for you to help you think about difficult conversations and so on, uh, you can go to GinaCox.com slash bold. And if you'd like to watch my TEDx talk, you can find it by just Googling the words Gina Cox TEDx talk. I highly recommend that talk. I love it, Gina. It really is good. And of course, the book. And you can find more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 267, and scrolling down to resources. So Gina, you know the drill. This is the time when we do three immediately useful and practical ideas, in this case, for helping others feel respected. Oh, absolutely. Because the the easiest thing to do is make eye contact. Now, we know this, right? Well, certainly in the Western culture, failure to make eye contact telegraphs a lack of interest and a lack of connection. The number one thing you can do is make eye contact. And let me say that this is not just in the physical world. Another way of thinking about this, for example, is if you are working virtually or in a hybrid situation where you're on, where there are cameras involved, I know that sometimes you just don't want to be on camera, but it is really important to be thoughtful and to make sure that you are on camera some percentage of the time that's above half so that the persons or person with whom you're interacting has that sense that you are paying attention. So that's one of the things that you could do. One of the things people tell me about, and I think we universally have this issue, is you see the person's name or you see like an AI photograph or something like that pasted on their window. You got now really, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> but I do want to also ask you just to follow up. You mentioned in the Western culture. So how would you decide? Because people are listening from around the world here. Mm-hmm. How can they decide what to do? if eye contact is not a natural part of their culture. Yeah. So the caveat that I would offer here is that I know that this is true in the Western world. And I also know there are variations, not just between East and West, but even sometimes there could be variations within a country. And so what I would ask a listener to do is just be thoughtful because you know the norms in your culture. That's really what you need to pay attention to. And with regard to eye contact, it might, you know, there are some cultures where lowering the eye and not maintaining direct eye contact might be perceived as more respectful than just maintaining direct eye contact. So you know the subtleties. The point here is that there's something about the eyes that is sort of universally a transmitter of this respect idea. And so you, of course, use your common sense. Now, I have said before, I'm an introvert, but that does not absolve me of the responsibility for making eye contact. That is no excuse because I interact with other people who are not like me. So the other thing with all of these ideas we're talking about is just make sure that you're not just assuming that, for example, because you don't like eye contact, that that's what somebody else wants. You know, you think more broadly. Gina, that's good. How about a second immediately useful idea? Well, the second one is equally simple, but it requires a little more effort. A key way to telegraph 
respect is to show curiosity. So how do you show curiosity? The easiest thing to do is to ask a question. And you know, you would a person might say, well, what's the question? And here's how I think about this. When I'm walk, I, we don't have a dog right now, but and we will again. But when I walked the dog, it was really a plus because dog people, you know, that gave me an excuse. That just gave me an automatic excuse for them to reach out to me and me to them. However, regardless of whether you have a dog, when you're out and about, you can probably just find one thing about a person who is walking in the other direction. Oh, nice sneakers, whatever. When you do a simple thing like that, where you're, you can ask, you can make an observation or ask a question, it gives the other person that clear idea that you have an interest in them. And it gives them permission to then reciprocate because of course, respect is this sort of a two-way thing. It's not a one-way thing. So one of the things I do when I'm meeting new clients for the first time or prospects, you know, I, I ask questions. I say, oh, tell me about the thing. And if you remember my story about Tony, the gentleman that I met in the grocery store, the first thing he said to me was, oh, what brings you here, young lady or something like that? Yeah. Curious. Yes. Good. So curiosity allows you to open up the connection, which is a huge part of respect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about a third immediately useful idea here. Yeah. And the, the third immediately useful idea is don't wait for another person to show you respect before you show them respect. Because from a community culture perspective, I do think this is the problem that we have. We've become somewhat conditioned to sort of have our guard up all the time and just hide behind our little force field of our car door or garage door or what have you. And we're really not necessarily spending as much, very much time thinking about, well, what are we telegraphing to the world? What if we said, I want to change that. And the one thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to model respect. I will take the initiative. I will take the first step. I told you that when I tried this experiment in the park, I knew 100% of the people wouldn't respond, but I knew a larger proportion of people would respond than if I didn't do it. And so I didn't mind initiating and saying, good morning, hello, or whatever little thing I did. And then there was this little bubble of goodwill that was built up with that other person. So it's taking that first step yeah. and not being overly sensitive if some people don't play that game. Yes. And yet, you know, if you don't try, you never get, right? You, right? you never find. Right. And it builds up over time. It's like a, it's a contagion, I, I really believe, because I could see that the person I said hello to on this Saturday remembered me the following Saturday. And now I have another set of eye contact, you know, so it gets easier for the second interaction. I just imagine that somebody's listening to this episode. They're on a plane, which a lot of people tell me they are. And they say, oh, I'm going to finish listening. I'm going to turn to my seatmate and say hello. <laughs> it could be a very interesting uh, experiment. Well, Pam, you know, that that is to me the ultimate test, because when you sit on a plane next to someone, often it's a complete stranger. And I'm right. sure mm -hmm. you've had these experiences. But uh, my most recent, I just came back from Alaska and I did what I always do. I sat I sat on the aisle. So there were two people to my left. They turned out to be a couple. And, um, you know, I sat there and I said, hello. And they said, hello, and made eye contact. They, they wanted to do it. You know, if they had given me the vibe, like, don't bother me. I would respect that, too. And then about 30 minutes into the flight, all of a sudden I felt somebody tap me on the arm and they were giving me a, a package of crackers. They had a little, they had their little goodie bag, snap bag, and they wanted to share their crackers with me. 
that to me is the ultimate expression of, you know, I see you, we're together for these two hours, well, five hours, and we want to feel comfort. Exactly. Very important in these days when people are missing flights and having them canceled out and staying around. So, you know, this brings us to the end of our episode. But before we end it, uh, how about if you leave us with some final thoughts about how helping others feel respected can be a game changer? Well, you know, respect, I think of it as sort of like a fundamental aspect of human interaction. And so, to the extent that one can exhibit respect and it can become reciprocated, you're really creating these connections that are beneficial, not just to the individuals, but to the larger group. And, you know, the Surgeon General is basically saying that the thing, the the epidemic that we have in this country is a lack of connectedness. And so one of the things that that I have been working on and helping others to understand is that the ultimate consequence of respect is that you have connections and then connections provide sort of a safety net that to support your mental health, your overall mental health, as well as your physical health. So you know what? If you respect one another, you make America and the world better. Ooh, okay. Well, Gina, thanks so much for returning as our guest on Growth Igniters Radio. We really enjoy speaking with you and learning more. And it'll be very interesting to see how this issue of respect continues to evolve, which I expect it will. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, Gina, you're very welcome. It's great to always have you. And thanks to all of you out there who are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To contact us, get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, including the link to Gina's resource that she mentioned, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 267. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to think about and act upon. What can I do differently starting today to help others in both my business and personal life to feel more respected? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.